Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard Creative Team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Our guests today are the authors of Charm School, The Schumacher Guide to Traditional Decorating for Today, Emma Bazilian and Stephanie Diaz. Emma is a design writer, editor, and content director at Frederick Frederick Magazine, as well as a former editor at House Beautiful. Stephanie is the art director at Frederick Magazine. Before that, she was an art director at Schumacher. So Emma and Stephanie, welcome to the show. So glad to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yes, we're so excited. We have been trying to schedule this episode for (laughs) many months, so I'm glad we finally get to chat about it and share the book with our listeners because I know many of them are fans of the grand millennial style. So before we get too much into that, I was hoping that y'all could start off by telling everyone a little bit about Charm School and how the idea and the project came about. So I guess it started... um if you really want to go all the way back to 2019, it started, um, I wrote an article for House Beautiful about, I guess it was, you know, the kind of creation of the grand millennial nomenclature. Um, and, you know, at the time I was an editor there and my, um, my editor in chief, Joe Saltz, um, you know, and I'd been talking about how it's really funny that like I was really into chintzes and needlepoint and, you know, all these like funny old lady things. Um, and, you know, especially because my mom is very, you know, much into white Belgian linen and very modern. So it was kind of like a it was a bit of a departure from the way that I was uh, raised. Um, and she said, you know, you should write a story about how there are a lot of, you know, or at least we think there are a lot of uh young people like yourself who are in their, you know, twenties, thirties, who are really into these old fashioned decorating tropes and pursuits. Um, and yeah, I went ahead and, you know, wrote a story for the website and, um, I, I still like am wrapping my head around how big it became and, um, just the response to it. And, um, so I guess that was, yeah, that was, I think fall, I want to say 2019. And then I joined Schumacher, uh, about two and a half years ago. And we were talking about putting, um, uh, working on a book, um, cause we had just sort of created our own book division. And I think this was kind of the obvious choice because it was something that I was really passionate about and knew a lot about. And we also had Steph on the team who I will let you, her tell you more about her background, but she is kind of the polar opposite taste wise, but I think they figured that we would balance each other out very well. And like that this could, you know, kind of become a good, you know, the kind of elevated Schumacher version of the grand millennial movement. Yeah. So I think as I was saying, we were, we had just finished working, uh, published, we published Ashes Versailles with Rizzoli. Um, and that was our first book as a Schumacher, as a Schumacher company. And, um, when Emma joined, I think we were trying to figure out what that next step was. You know, we were, we already had, um, we started working on Frederick magazine, which was the Schumacher bulletin before that. And, um, it, I think this was like the next step. And like Emma said, you know, they, Dara Caponegro are, 
our boss, the creative director of, of Schumacher, editor-in-chief of Frederick Magazine, she thought it would be a great idea to put us together. And um, I think, you know, like, I obviously thought I was not the right person because, as Emma said, we are complete opposites. But um, I think uh, with being with Schumacher for so long, I've learned to appreciate different styles and just be able to immerse myself in different styles. So it's it was like a fun, a fun and challenging project that I was ready for. And I think Emma and I just kind of, you know, worked really well together to put this book together. So I, um, I wanted to kind of start with like, where did the research come from? I mean, what sort of did you go into it having particular sort of, you know, you've divided the book into the book is divided into basic, basically traditional decorating elements or, you know, sort of, uh, tropes maybe, um, like, you know, chintz and floral or um, scallops, um, you know, uh, skirts, that kind of thing. And I was curious if you went into it knowing exactly which sort of themes you wanted to write about or like, where did where did the list come from? So at the beginning, I had to sit with Emma and say, can you please just walk me through what this grand millennial style is? Like, what makes it grand millennial? What are the characteristics? <laughs> like, what do you look for? Um, like what specifically makes this style. And so I think we like sat together, she showed me examples. And I think the first thing we started with, because it was a Schumacher book was to start with our Instagram and just pull everything that we've ever, that was every image that was in our portfolio. And I think that's kind of where we started. And we just pulled as many images as we possibly could. And, and I think we had an idea of how we wanted to build it. But like, once we started seeing the images, I think it was like, it came to get together organically. Wouldn't you say, Emma? Yeah, I think so. I think there were, there were definitely some, you know, topics that we knew we wanted and had to focus on because, you know, of what the book, so chintz and florals, um, you know, twalls, um, uh, just, you know, checks and stripes and skirted furniture and scallops and like all these kind of little, you know, things that make up what I think of as like the kind of traditional decorating that I really love. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, I guess it was really figuring out also how to take the other things that were kind of like floating around in the ether, like, you know, lampshades mm -hmm. and bows and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, how to sort them into chapters in a way that made sense. I think at, at one of our first, um, ideas, I think, was we were sort of talking about maybe doing the book by room, you know, like bedrooms, um, living rooms, etc. But I think pretty quickly, we realized that it really had to be, you know, the unifying thread had to be like these like really specific tropes and these really specific techniques that, you know, are so iconic. Well, and defined, you know, the your definition of grand millennial, going back to, you know, how you see it, you know, like you've picked elements in design that really define it. And I love that you've split it out. So it makes it so easy to, to be like, all right, what do I love within the, um, just within the chapters? So 
because I've been looking for Czech inspiration for a long time. And when your book came along and I was like, there's a whole section on Czech. (laughs) I was like, I'm not alone. I think that's what I felt the most. I was like, here it is, a whole chapter for me. (laughs) I think that's what a lot of people felt about the article when it first came out, because, you know, there were like little pockets of us who were needle pointing and, you know, cross-stitching and, you know, reading, collecting old Laura Ashley fabrics and books. And um, I, I do feel like it was just kind of like that light bulb, like, oh my gosh, like there are other people who are into this too, is kind of like what really brought people together and what made people excited. So, you know, I, I, it was funny, like it felt very personal to me to like just be making a laundry list of things that I like and then putting them into a book. But then I think also, you know, having Steph kind of look at it through more of the like the just like the visual point of view and like the flow of the book and figuring out how these things could kind of be organized in a way that was accessible to everyone was interesting. Yeah, and I think that was like so so great too because you know we had all of these elements and we wanted to um that we wanted to put into the book but it it, it like it didn't necessarily have to be an interior that was full of everything, you know, like Even if it was like the one thing and and that made it traditional, I think that was really fun too. I think even Emma, as we were doing the research, we were, we had this game going where we were doing our research and Emma and I would just text each other. We were like, oh wait, scallops, um, this room has bows, like we could pull this or this room has um, trellis, like let's pull it. And it was, um, it was really fun because you know, it didn't, there's like a chat, there's a chapter in the book called, um, making it modern and it doesn't necessarily have to be all traditional, but like just the little, the, the little touches of, uh, of traditional decorating. I think that was, I think that was like the combination of, of the both of us. And that was really great. One of the things I loved was, um, obviously, you know, there are lots of archival images, like, you know, uh, gosh, Sister Parish and like all the decorating greats that you heard of, you've heard of if you've, you know, if you love design and you've heard of these people, Billy Baldwin and Albert Hadley. And, but I loved also seeing some of the, uh, I guess, contemporary designers, um, like Barry Benson is just, I'm a huge fan of hers and she was in there. And so I would sort of flip through and be like, oh, like I recognize this. And so I did feel like it was very, um, helpful to see like the you know like the original way that 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 theme or that trend or you know well trends the wrong word but that technique was used um and then like sort of the modern take on it from someone that used it today and I loved sort of seeing those side by side for each chapter um because it it helped contextualize like okay how can you I love you know, I might love like a slip cover, but maybe it doesn't make sense for me to like slip cover every single thing in my, in my mm-hmm. living room, the way my grandmother would have, but mm-hmm. how can I do that now? Um, in a way that feels a little bit more accessible yeah. and, and, um, current. So, and that was definitely, that was a big topic of conversation early on is sort of how do we separate versus incorporate the archival images with the present day designers, because, you know, if it was a book of just like the best rooms with chintz, like, you know, I could just like pull a zillion Mario Boada and Sister Parrish <laughs> and pull facts and Fowler images and call it a day. I mean, like, you know, nobody's yeah. going to do it better than they did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think um, kind of figuring out how to how to incorporate like the past and the present was a little bit tricky. But then, you know, once we realized that 
you know, it made more sense to really, you know, we had to have the chapter open on these like titans of design and how they did it. But then to have like the real, you know, meat of the book focus on present day designers. And I think that's, you know, kind of the title, like traditional decorating for today. It is Mm -hmm. all modern day decorating. None of it feels like, you know, a museum or a movie set or something like that. It really you know, the, the, I think the the whole idea of this book was not just to show like, here's rooms with chintz that we love, but like, here's rooms with chintz that we love that, you know, feel livable and that don't mm-hmm. feel like they were just, you know, plucked out of an archive from the 80s. All of the archive stuff was really fun, I have to say. Like, that was one of my favorite parts. Oh, was I bet doing that those was. Dives. Yeah. <laughs> it almost, I can say it almost didn't happen, but I think Emma and I really pushed for it and we really wanted that because it, 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 I think it was like an important part of the book. And I think it makes the book too. Yeah. Well, it is essential because it's like if you are talking about, you know, origins of, I just bumped my mic. If you're talking about origins of like, you know, a, a technique, then it's it's so helpful to see how it wasn't. And, you know, the interesting thing is that it's really not that different. I mean, obviously, when you mm-hmm. see the images that are archival stand out, honestly, in the most part because of the photography quality, I think. Like, you can just yeah. tell, by the way, yeah. that it's shot. You're like, oh, OK, <laughs> like this isn't digital and with all of our colors and everything. So that's that's what makes it stand out the most. But, um, you know, you can see like little little signs that it was an older image, but there's still I mean, the ones that y'all picked, it's like it's hard to even tell that they're decades old because they're still so gorgeous. I mean, maybe not to your taste, maybe not to someone's maybe not the way they would want to live right now, but they're still just beautiful rooms. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's what was so fun about it was seeing, you know, like a David Hicks room with like a skirted sink, but it also felt really modern and yeah. still feels really modern. Mm-hmm. I I had a very like emotional um, time reading the book because I kept like going through and being like, oh, my gosh, like I my mom decorated our house growing up and I think she has great taste, but like she was not, you know, she would never call herself like a huge interior design fan or, you know, wouldn't say that she did anything really remarkable, but I kept going through thinking like, oh my gosh, like this reminds me so much of my mom or, you know, this was just like, um, like there was a section that had all of these beautiful, like skirted dressing tables. Mm -hmm. There were like four or five images of these perfect dressing tables. And my mom had made me one when I was a kid and it had been her dressing table when she was a child. Mm -hmm. And then she like made a skirt out of, like some fabric and so I had it growing up and I was like oh my gosh like this is so sweet to kind of I don't know and I'm sure not everyone has that <laughs> response no, I, going honestly, to the book, but I, it was a very like nostalgic oh, and yeah, sure. warm experience to flip through mm-hmm. and, and read everything and I, I had the again, full like, Ashley room Oh, I did. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was pretty cool. Yeah. Tell us about it. Which pattern it was. <laughs> it was, again, pink. That's what I remember. <laughs> I remember lots and lots of pink. So I think it was a white, my, white background with pink. Mm. I was little, but I remember just so much pink and being so happy in there. So to your point, yes, this book was like, wow, I got it. I remember this. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my mom did like, I, I actually had to call her after I read the book and was like, mom, tell me about my room and how you put it together. Because I remember it so vividly, but I've never asked you about it. Mm -hmm. Like, and she was like, well, I think that I bought like 10 fitted sheets of like twin sheets and I made like, oh my gosh. she made like oh, a bed wow. skirt and a canopy and the skirted table. And so it was like, I had canopy oh, beds. Oh, you were draped in it too. I had like canopy beds, but it was like oh. the sheets, the skirt, the canopy, the sides and oh of two twin beds. And she sewed them all, my grandmother's <laughs> sewing machine. But it was all wow. matching. And so I was like, you I, really I like, like- pictures of this. I know, I too, it Caroline. sounds amazing. It was, it wasn't, I don't think it was Laura. It was probably a Laura Ashley knockoff, but it was like a blue and green hydrangea. Ooh, mm. That sounds great. Yep. Well, even the wicker too. Like mm. I remember growing up, we had white wicker with green cushions in our mm -hmm. living room. Like I remember being sick on it. Cause as a kid, I feel like that's what I recall is like when you got to watch TV all day, cause you were sick laying on a wicker sofa. <laughs> <laughs> like think how uncomfortable that is. As an adult, I remember being like, I don't remember being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but looking back, what? Yeah. 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 Anyway, Caroline, yeah. you had specific questions. You wanted to dive into some of these um, elements. Well, yes, I, I, you know, you kind of gave us like you had how y'all pick some of the themes, but I, um, I wanted to go through a couple of them because I think there were some that I was like, oh, okay, well, duh. I mean, chintz, that yeah. seems like a no brainer, but there were a few that I was kind of like, huh, I wonder, I wonder, I wanted to kind of go through them and see if you had sort of thoughts on why you think they work and why they're enduring, for example, matching, like Tell us what that means in the book and why you think it's a strategy that works today and worked in the past. I think for me, at least, one thing that always draws me to a decorating trick or style is if it's considered really, really uncool. Like, I, I feel like I'm like always, especially like in the, you know, the business we're in where you're constantly looking at like what's trendy now and what are people looking at? Like, you always kind of want to find a thing that's like, not in the zeitgeist um and I, for so long you know like matching like you were saying like matching your bed hangings to your dressing table to your bed skirt you know matching it was just like kind of a no-no for like the last you know 10 15 20 years and um it was just something that i'd you know never really thought that much about until i started you know looking at a lot of these older images and realizing that that was just something that so many of these designers had done in a way that you know it didn't feel stuffy it didn't feel overwhelming mm -hmm. and um i thought it was really interesting how designers now are kind of using it in you know not necessarily like a matching wallpaper and upholstery and curtains yeah. way but how you're kind of bringing these elements together to create a through line that does really i mean it feels kind of like you know trait to say that it ties the room together but it really does in a way that i think that people were scared of doing for so many years because they didn't want anything to look too done and you know that kind of intention feels fresh again because for so long we were trying not to look like we were putting that much effort into it yeah and i think there are some like like what emma's saying some really fun ideas it wasn't just about matching wool and curtain but like that one of our one of my favorite images in the book is a gabby deeming image of a bathroom with a blue tub and she matches the wall with the screen um and it's just i don't know like it's so great uh it's, you know, like I loved, and again, like I'm very, a very like 
clean, simple person, but I just, I appreciated the way and the ideas and, and how they pulled a room together, you know, in that way. Uh, there's also Ruthie Summers um, room in that chapter and it's matching, but it's very subtle. Like the pattern is very like simple. Um, and it's it just, it was fun to see the way that designers now do matching and it, it, it was really fun all of those rooms yeah there's actually there's a great tom Shearer. i think it was a tom Shearer project yeah the he, tom um, Shearer. yeah he actually, yeah he, he covered the uh, uh chest of drawers and matching wallpaper and it, it's yeah. just it's so much fun and so it's and it's so feels, much fun. again like it doesn't feel it's sort of old-fashioned because the print feels really classic but like it also feels like kind of out of the box and fresh and exciting mm-hmm. well and it's very like I mean, I don't think that Tom Shearer DIY'd this because he doesn't need to, but it feels like something accomplishable in a weird way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's essentially like decoupaging a wallpaper onto a dresser um, mm-hmm. or or maybe hand they probably hand painted it. But, you know, you could accomplish that a couple different ways. Yeah, I well, and to clarify y'all are talking about really matching a fabric or repeating a pad fabric multiple times in a room, not like matching all of your furniture pieces. Right. Like, you know, the bedroom suite sort of thing. Um, Ooh, why do we think that's not in? I think that that is something that does still feel a little too, I I think we talk in the book about how you don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of making a room feel too much of a theme. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something about the matching furniture suite that like a room should feel kind of like collected over time. And like you've been adding things and taking things away and, you know, recovering things. And I think there is something a little too perfect about that. I mean, I, the thing is, you know, I'm sure there are cases where it works. And there's oh, for always, sure. Everything. Mm-hmm. There's always a great use of everything. But I think in general, though, um, you know, it kind of like goes against the idea of things being a little bit more like natural and imperfect. Well, okay. Y'all, y'all tell me what you think about this. I would think that like the bedroom suite is really more of a result of like the retail market that would have come up, what, like, let's say 1950s and later. So it's not like that was, it's not like before that you could have gone into a store and like Mm -hmm. bought all the things, the nightstand and the bed and the dresser and the mirror all matching. So in a way, like it really can't be traditional because it's not old enough. I don't know. That's totally just popped into my head. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. That yeah, yeah. Sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. <laughs> but I do think that pieces from that matching bedroom set, if you're like, you know, breaking them up, like can still work really mm-hmm. well. I just, you know, I wouldn't do it all together. But like, you know, I'm imagining oh, no. the four poster bed yeah. with wicker, you know, nightstands and right. a, you know, painted chest of drawers would look really cool (laughs) well as being in i was gonna say as people who put out you know bedroom collections i can tell you we we inside the office do not want you to put the matching nightstand next to the bed in a Mm -hmm. way like like even though we sell it yes it is special when it's by itself there is something about a million baubles that you're like well now you've taken away that special element you've mm-hmm. repeated it so much that you've killed it mm-hmm. so um even even in office this is always a point of conversation for sure i think one of the things that i've learned too along the way um 
like working with Dara is one of the things she's always said and it's always stuck with me. Like when you have your, when you live in your house and you move in, like it's, it's better to just not fill the space with things just because you need to fill the space, but like to slowly, you know, buy your bed and buy your, like all of these elements so that they're, they feel special to you and they have a backstory. And I think that was also kind of important in, in the book too. And I think Emma talks about that is the fact that, you know, everything is special. Everything has a story and um, it should be, you want to feel like you're in your space and you feel at home and it's yours. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like everything else that you're seeing, Mm -hmm. you know, on other people's Instagrams. That's so true. And we've, we've often talked about how those special pieces that you have found sometimes complete a room so well Mm -hmm. they they add that interesting note you know we do have some base layers of things we need just out of functionality for sure and then whatever take or touch you've put on them really makes them special yeah okay well we're just going to go down the list because i had five that i wanted to talk about (laughs) (laughs) i knew caroline had this that's why i was like i'm gonna wait (laughs) she's coming well okay skirts why is a skirted chair or like a skirted uh, sink wasn't that what you talked about earlier like why mm-hmm. does a skirt work because it hides things exactly <laughs> <laughs> if you exactly. I, forget, I was having this conversation with a designer recently who was saying that she doesn't even really like bed skirts but because she lives in an apartment and there's so little storage she's like I have to have a bed skirt so I can store stuff under my bed and I mean I do think a lot of a lot of the reasons that I personally love skirts is because it just it hides a lot and you know you can shove stuff under there and then all of a sudden everything looks clean and pretty and um but also it just it adds like it adds this really oh, wow. lovely softness that you don't get from you know just solid furniture and it's a great way to just keep using fabric because like there's never enough places to use fabric as I'm staring at your fabric lined cabinets. <laughs> and that hides stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good, that's it's a meant good to call. hide things. Yep. Okay. What about bed hangings? Mm. I think again, like it's, Part of me wants to say because every growing up, every girl wants to have a princess bed. And a lot of this book is just kind of like my childhood fantasies, <laughs> you know, come to life. But um, I, I think there again, like there's something so enveloping and cozy about having yourself surrounded with fabric like that and, you know, kind of creating a little nook within, you know, whether it's a big room or a small room, like creating that little private nook just feels really special and it is like one of those kind of you know decorator level details that makes a space feel super custom and you know it, it, it never feel like a room like with a really beautiful canopied bed with custom hangings is never going to feel like it was just like a out-of-the-box purchase from a big department store absolutely just and romance just, and drama yeah yeah i was gonna say and the drama and the height it brings to a room visually mm-hmm. i think that's why again with with this style kind of, you know, just immersing ourselves, just the amount of poster beds and such that have just come out of the woodwork, I feel like in the last three mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, oh my gosh, everybody just bringing that visual height up yeah. in a room is so mm-hmm. nice. And there are ways to do it that don't feel, you know, really fancy. Like there, there are examples in the book of, um, I forget the, whose room it is. I think it was, uh, it's a blue and white room with these really nice, um, kind of checkered um, uh, canopies. I think it's a half tester beds and just, you know, the lines are very clean and the colors are very, you know, the palette's not all over the place, 
but you know, it still has that kind of like enveloping feeling. So I think it is, it's nice when it's nice to see examples of it being, you know, that really grand um, statement making version of a canopied bed. And then also something that is much more kind of pared back and accessible for people who, you know, don't want to look like they're living in a room from a uh, Disney movie. <laughs> well, Tucha, I, I feel like when you're a kid, you, the, the fun of like building a fort is that you create this like, yeah, you know, little moment that's just for you. And it, there's something about the canopy bed that it's like your own yeah. little grown up fort. That's like, I don't know. There's something oh, totally no, yeah, nurturing about it. I guess. <clears throat> Why well, I wanted a canopy bed as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> what about triage? I don't know if you have any strong thoughts on this stuff, but um, I think that. What I love about it is the feeling of bringing the outdoors in. And especially as someone who is not an outdoors person, I would happily like never, ever go outside. Um, I love anything that kind of makes it feel like you're, you know, bringing like a garden into your home. So, you know, whether it's triage or I think that that's also what part of the appeal of Wicker is, too, is that it kind of has that outdoorsy garden room feel. Um but then the other thing about triage is that it's just a really nice way to create, uh, you know, texture and like a visual, you know, point of focus without, you know, without using pattern or fabric that, you know, it kind of does feel like more of an architectural detail. So and also just like, you know, the lines of it do, you know, it depends on the kind of triage that you use, but it also there is something very kind of like graphic and a little bit more modern about it that. Um, I think is interesting, especially when you see it used in historic rooms. I agree with that. The geometric part makes it just so, mm-hmm. you know, again, those lines, especially with the florals near it or mm-hmm. the bright, happy colors, it does ground it and make it feel sophisticated. Not that you need me to say that. Caroline, what's your next one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just repeating that, what she uh, said. No, I thought, that was the that was the one where I was like, huh. I mean, obviously it's a traditional, a traditional element. So it, it doesn't surprise me that it's sort of included, but it also it did surprise me because I felt like it's a little bit more like specific, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think but we I debated mean, I about loved it and it's gorgeous. Yeah. I think that was one that we debated including or not. I think that was one that we went back and forth because it was I think it was was it hard to find rooms for that one, Emma? Um, I mean, I don't. I think it was hard. I think it was maybe hard finding the right rooms. The right rooms. That's exactly. fair. Exactly. But I, I mean, like, you know, when I think about triage, like, I, like for me, like one of the most beautiful classic examples of traditional decorating is what Elsie DeWolf did at the Colony Club. And like that triage room, just to me, like that is just really charming and yes. kind of pretty and just like everything that I love about this look kind of in one thing. So like I, I was going to have triage in there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> it was in there. Just like I <laughs> wrong not to talk about uh, that uh, yeah. the colony club and, you know, kind of that as part of decorating history. But then also as we started looking more and more and just saw how many designers, you know, did not just like actual, you know, triage installations, but so many of them did these really great um, trompe l'oeil, mm-hmm. um, you know, painted triage um, installations, too. I thought it was, again, like it, it really, it feels there's something about this whole look of like bringing a garden into your home that mm-hmm. just is, it's whimsical and it's charming and it's fun. 
Yeah. And it's texture. That's the other mm-hmm. part yeah. we've talked about mm-hmm. is the layers in a space. It adds so much texture from the beginning. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I once saw, I think it was Danielle Rollins did a project in Palm Beach where she glued, she just bought sheets of triage from like Home Depot or something and glued them on top of the popcorn ceiling. And I was oh, like, wow. this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. just like it really it can it can also it can hide it can hide stuff really well just <laughs> mm-hmm. hiding stuff is always one of my favorite features in any piece of home decor <laughs> well speaking of hiding that was my last one decorative painting i feel like that was a yeah it's just fun yeah and again and another thing that felt so kind of it felt so out of style that it had to be brought back um you know like, but it, was... it was like I was going to say, but I feel like it, it, not just decorative, like the forms of decorative painting, like for a door, Trump Floyd for a door, for walls, um, murals, like I think I, it was just really fun uh, to see all the different things that people are doing and what was done in the past. Um, like, I don't know, it was so fun like instead of buying a wallpaper you know like it's so yeah it's so fun and i love those things that like you see in historic homes you know whether you're like you know drottening home palace in stockholm or mm. colonial williamsburg you know they were such important you know methods of decorating a space in the you know 16th 17th 18th centuries and then you know kind of had this revival in you know the 20s through the 80s and you know I I think that I love things that kind of have those older roots that were sort of brought back in like a very you know specific way in the 20th century and then like how do we bring that back in the 21st century in a way that also feels like our own new take on it so um you know I think there's a Aldous Bertram who is uh an artist who worked for Amanda Lindroth he painted this amazing faux plaster work in her apartment in Palm Beach and, you know, that to me is kind of like such a fun, you know, it's like a reinterpretation of a reinterpretation of a mm-hmm. faux painting um, that just, you know, and, and just the way that like faux painting can, you know, you can take like a white box of a room and transform it into something with like opulent details and, you know, like scenes of faraway places like that's It's really it is so much fun to kind of think about your walls as a canvas, which, you know, I know everybody says, but like literally just as a mm-hmm. canvas to be able to mm-hmm. paint on it. Well, I have, I mean, I have noticed and just seeing kind of the types of things that, um, you know, are starting to become more popular among like furniture and interior design is things where you're really seeing like the hand. And, mm-hmm. and I think, mm-hmm. you know, in this very like, technological world we live in where things are mass produced and there's Instagram and everything's so shiny and perfect and um, having an item or a piece of furniture that has um, like I was just looking at one of the hand-painted dressers in the book that sort of has this exaggerated scallop on it that's so fun seeing something that that is handmade and where you can Mm -hmm. very clearly see the you know the craftsmanship is you know, it's it's much it's becoming more popularized and more desirable, just within the um, the home space anyway. I think I, I assumed it's for that reason. That's why I feel yeah. like it's more mm-hmm. appealing. Just you know, something that looks like okay, it's one of a kind. 
yeah, something that nobody else has. And I yeah, think that's, yeah. you know, it, it, that's why like a, you know, a stenciled room or a mural or, you know, like hand painted furniture, like you're saying, feels so special Personal. and so perfect for right now, because, you know, we're seeing, you know, if there's like a wallpaper pattern that everybody loves, you're going to see it all over Instagram. You're going to see, you know, it, things feel so done so quickly. And to have something that was painted just for you and for your space, mm-hmm. you know, no one else is going to have that. That feels just, you know, it, it's just it's nice to know that that is yours and that, you know, you're it's not going to be something that you see everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I do hope that people um, check out the book because you know, obviously you could have like a bespoke mural or something, but some of the the things in here are really like pretty simple, you know, like a Harlequin pattern on the floor in paint, um, you know, that dresser I was talking about. So Mm -hmm. that it's like, there are, there are, uh, ways to accomplish it that aren't like having to hire a decorative painter. Yes. Which I can attest to having painted some furniture myself with some stencils and some, I think Annie Sloan chalk paint. And you know what? A part of the reason that I think even like the non-professional versions of it have such charm is because they are imperfect and you mm-hmm. have to kind of embrace that. Mm-hmm. Although, yes, everything in the book is very professional. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the, oh, no, the visual the... of Tom Shearer decoupaging that dresser, though. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, his is much more refined. But no, yes. I do agree. I think it's just, it's nice, again, people who are listening to this are learning and taking what they can and fiddling in their own homes, I think. And, you know, it's nice to know that it can be done. I mean, Mm -hmm. even if it is buying 10 bed sheets and sewing them (laughs) together, you can, you can make a little bit of magic in your own spaces and make them personal. I have Uh, to say, I used to go, one of the, my absolute favorite things about working at House Beautiful was that, you know, we had access to the magazine's full archive and it was, I mean, so much fun to just go spend, mm. you know, hours rooting around in there. And there were so many stories in probably like the 80s and 90s about decorating with bed sheets, where I don't know if it was because, you know, the bed, sh- you know, the, the bedding manufacturers were such big advertisers <laughs> or just like that was just the big, I don't know, surplus of them back then. <laughs> But there's so many rooms, like they would literally tell you to just, you know, buy five bed sheets and turn them into like everything like your mom did. Mm-hmm. And like that was like, you know, <laughs> she must have been reading the magazine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. OK, I I had a similar job, Emma, actually, when my first job mm-hmm. out of college, I worked at Southern Living and I um, went my one of my jobs was like I've told I've talked about this in the podcast was going through the archives and putting the images online into like this gallery anyways long story short but I vividly remember this one article from Nancy Braith it was about Nancy Braithwaite's daughter who has like a baby store here in Atlanta anyone in Atlanta knows her but um, she slip covered her some club chairs in her living room with like Matt Lazé and so it was like a floral mat lisse with a scalloped skirt made oh, out of huh. probably king, you know, mat lisse coverlets that she bought at like TJ Maxx. <laughs> and y'all, when I tell you that this was the most fabulous living room, I mean, circa like 2007, that I had ever <laughs> seen, I was like, that is absolutely brilliant. And Nancy Braithwaite probably also read those 1980s articles about decorated bed sheets, but I was like, that's so clever because, you know, you would have had to buy like what, what would be the equivalent of that amount of yardage? What, probably like 10 yards or something of fabric? 
versus buying like one king coverlet it's mm. yeah and plus you know you're not mm-hmm. going to get fabric in that wide of a width anyway right true that's, that's yeah. true yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is funny and the thing is and, yes yeah, so like if you were to see just you know beautiful matte laissé covered chairs you know they would be beautiful and you know we'd appreciate them but i think it is kind of the story mm-hmm. behind that that makes it so memorable and that's why you remember yeah. that mm-hmm. story to this day mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Y'all, I'm going to find these photos. I'm going to send them to you because... Oh my gosh. I, I would you, love to fabulous. see them. Do, you, do any of y'all remember Cottage Living Magazine? Vaguely. I was going to say, yes. yeah, vaguely. It was great. Was that part of the um, uh, Southern Progress Group? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it closed in like 2009, I think. Okay. But... I remember Southern Accents. Yes. Ooh, oh, that's kind of another there. good one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like these. I have boxes and boxes of decorating magazines from mm-hmm. like the 80s and 90s in the basement of my mom's house. Oh, and I'm jealous. That was another pretty fun uh, resource. I mean, we went through this book together. Yeah, we went through a lot of archival images, like great rooms that we, I don't think we ended up putting a lot in there, but we found so many great things. And a lot of things that I thought were great that Steph thought would give <laughs> people nightmares. Oh my God! Yes. Tell us what. Yeah. Oh. Wait. What? Yeah. I wanted to know. Um, doll. Doll collections. Oh yes, dolls. <laughs> yes. The photo that we still talk about to this day was from a book on wicker that it was in my mom's basement. My mom was a decorator and she, you know, had a bunch of decorating books from like the eighties. And it was just this room full of wicker furniture and antique porcelain dolls. That was just the most haunted image you've ever seen. (laughs) And I was just dying for it to be in the book. And I showed it to Steph. She's like, absolutely not. I I showed it to Dara and Dara was like, you've got to be out of your mind. She, um, she tried to put it through me first, and I said no. And she was like, "Well, let's just show Dara. I'm sure she will." Like it. And, and of course, she's trying to circumvent you. I think I had a porcelain doll, and I told Emma that I was very like creeped out by it as a little girl. So I just, I could not, I could not uh, put that image in our book. Mm-hmm. My grandmother collected antique dolls, so the room that I stayed in when I stayed at their house was just antique dolls and Laura Ashley. And, you know, in retrospect, it probably would be terrifying for me now as an adult to sleep in that room with all those dolls staring at me. But, you know, well, as a little thing, girl, like, yeah, as a little girl, you're always like, surrounded by dolls. I don't know. Or stuff, exactly. stuff animals. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's, there's some images that uh, that I'm going to put in my personal um, addition to the book that I'll publish someday that'll have yes. like a warning on the front of it. Well, what else oh other gosh. than the dolls? Was there any other memory? Yeah, yeah, didn't make didn't make the book. Any other themes? I originally wanted a chapter on needlepoint, an entire chapter. And uh, I think that we had trouble finding images that were not just fun, but also of the quality that would be expected for this book. I just, yeah, it was, it was just like some rooms just, it had every element in it and it was just over the top and like huge bows and, um, I appreciate and I love a lot of the imagery, but there was some things that I'm like, I would tell Emma, please, like, we cannot, there's no way we can include this. It's too much. Like, let's, let's reel it in a little bit. (laughs) I wanted a chapter on bows too, actually, but, uh, oh my gosh, finishing touch. Um, this room is incredible. Caroline just shared it. (gasps) See, do you see the scallop on the bottom with the matte Yes. Oh, but it's really subtle. It's, it's very subtle. 
You have to put this in the show notes, Caroline, so everyone else listening can <laughs> see what this house is like. Oh, but bows. Yes. Okay. When you mentioned the bows, I had to go back through and I was like, wait, I don't remember bows. Was that a chapter mm-hmm. and I missed there it? There were bows. So I had to, I had to, I had to it was, confirm. They, they were, the bows missed the bow throughout the book. Yes. Well, they didn't have a specific chapter. They were, they were, they were sprinkled. Just, yeah, yeah sprinkled exactly. in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do feel, I'm definitely a bow person. Sometimes you just add a bow to something and you're like, mm, that looks better. Don't know why. This well, scars was boring. There's now this John Stephanidis, John Stephanidis room, right, Emma, in the, oh, yes. I think, archival. There's, it's, it's, it's very. In, it's in making it modern chapter. Yes. And it's, um, he uses this bow on the curtains on the top and they're so small and so subtle, but I don't know. They just add like such a special element to the room. I think that's one of my favorite rooms, honestly. And it's really unexpected because it's you know it does unexpected. not feel like a like classic traditional room. But then, mm-hmm. yeah, when you start really looking closely, you see that there are these like little, just these little elements mm-hmm. that kind of bring that vibe into it. Mm-hmm. What are what are some things that y'all um, took took away and did in your own homes that were in the book? Anything? Um, was there anything? <laughs> I. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emma, as a gift, after we finished the book, she gave me, I started, I, I, Emma, I haven't shown you, but I started needle pointing. She gave me this little p- pillow. I have to show it to you. She gave me a whole set and, um, and that was like really fun to, to do. Um, obviously it's so hard with all the free time that we have, but I started <laughs> doing that. Um, and that was really fun and just like little, like adding color in here and there, um, I think I think because I work in in a world where I see so much color and so much pattern, I maybe come home and I like am a little more simple. But I think I just learn. I just really appreciate everything. You know, like the pattern, the color, the rooms, the way that the designers um, put together a room. I feel like I, I I can really appreciate everything that we've like. I know Emma like is a loves chintz she loves floral she loves all these things but i don't think she actually lives that way <laughs> and so... it definitely yeah it's, it's quite much quieter version of that also because i'm so indecisive that's true too i am too yeah but yeah i think um i mean there there are i've got a lot of a lot of plates on walls and um you know i think it's the 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 color palette is definitely a lot more muted just because mm-hmm. I can never decide on something that I love because I love everything. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that especially after finishing this book, my goal in life is to finally just like grab a set of paints and a paintbrush and just like start painting something in my hallway. Like I just want some like crazy mural, not even, cra- you know, something like thinking, you know, kind of like a, like, colonial era um stencils or you know something i just i want to paint a wall just like have fun with it so that's that's my next project that sounds fun hallway is a great place and i'm i yeah taryn tell them about your your mural project that's my that's my my mural project that is only only a sketch at this point is my dining room because of same it was just Mm. i feel like in the last few years i went from I priced a wallpaper and it just didn't feel like it was going to look like the cost it was, you know? And so Mm -hmm. then I was like, what else can I do? 
I need pattern in here. Like I need visual. I want to like overstimulate you when you come in the house. I want you to be like, oh my God, what's happening in here? Like I want there to be so much to look at that you're a little bit like we shouldn't walk in there. Um, and so I was like, I think I'm going to paint it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go for it because I, I, like you said, I just want to get out the can of paint and do it. And if I hate it, I'm just going to go back over it and nobody will ever know. <laughs> so yes, I'm no. with you. That feeling. And I, and I, and even going through this book, you realize too, there's just so many precious ways you can make things your own mm-hmm. um, from lampshades to bedspreads to, you know, re- reupholstering things. And, you know, even painting a dresser, like you said, if you don't love the way it looks, it's so fun that that is again, that option you have as, as designers and decorators and loves people who just love home. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think too, just remembering that, you know, even the great decorators, didn't get too precious about stuff. Like I was, I was at the um, Greenbrier for their decorating weekend earlier this year. And uh, I was watching a presentation about, or I think it was an interview that Dorothy Draper had done in fifties maybe. And she's talking about how she had some, I forget if it was like a cabinet or, you know, some like really beautiful, um, very expensive antique piece of furniture. And she was, you know, should, should I paint it? Is it okay if I paint it? And she was like, of course I should paint it. Like you can, if it looks right, it is right. And you should feel like you can kind of just, you know, don't take anything too seriously and just like have fun with your furniture and the space around you because, you know, you kind of, you want to be able to look around and smile and just think Mm -hmm. like this was a fun project to do. Mm. Yeah. I, um, Tom Shear is always like the ultimate to me. I just, and he, and that's something that I love out of his work is like, he'll use Ikea, he'll use Mm -hmm. a Noguchi paper lantern, you know, that's whatever. Like he will decoupage a a dresser. Like he is just like the ultimate high-low, I think. Um, And just, yeah, like not being too precious about it. Like it doesn't all have to be something that you're going to like pass down to your 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 kids because maybe your kids are going to reject all the traditional elements that they've been living with or something. (laughs) You just never know. Okay. Well, since you coined the term grand millennial, I want to end with what you think is the future of grand millennial or what do you think is the future of traditional decorating? Like where do we go from here? I think, like you said, just the, focus on things being really personal and special and one of a kind, you know, I think that that's just something that is going to become more and more and more important as we keep seeing things repeated over and over again, um, you know, on social media. And I think also just the, the sense of kind of fearlessness when it comes to combining things like, you know, I think it's funny for a while I was following the grand millennial hashtag on Instagram because I was like, I can't believe people are using this. And, you know, so many rooms did become very, you know, kind of like prescriptive and perfect. And, you know, everything needs to be this color palette and this and this. And, you know, I feel like the real spirit of it is not to treat it with that kind of prescriptive quality. And, you know, because when you think about like your grandmother's house, part of what was so fun about it is that like, it kind of was a little weird and quirky and she had like, old you know kind of rickety dolls. chairs that doll, mm-hmm. creepy dolls <laughs> yeah <laughs> like things that had been collected over you know a lifetime and you know from 
prior to that person's lifetime, which is why I think that uh, state sales and uh, auctions are the absolute best place to get furniture other than, you know, Ballard. Um, and I say that as someone who has a lot of Ballard skirted furniture in my home. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that, you know, kind of like really making it your own is what I want to see people doing and, you know, not saying like, these are the rules of grand millennial decorating, but it really is kind of just more about like a state of mind and a st way to approach decorating and living that, um, you know, I really love. Stephanie, what about you? Since you're the, you're yeah. a little bit of the naysayer here. No, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with what Emma was saying. And I think one of the things that was like tough in the beginning, and I, I think it was nice to work with Emma on this book because I think her perspective, from her perspective, her coining that term, I wanted, you know, like what you were, what you were seeing on Instagram, it was kind of the same thing over and over. And, you know, it was not about, it was not about like what Emma was saying, a color scheme or certain, like certain things like being perfect, but it was about the personal touches and about a story and about like a room being livable and about it being just like, not overwhelming or having every single element, but even seeing the small touches of a traditional um, element was that's, I think that was like what we wanted to just communicate through the book. And I think I was glad to be able to work on this with Emma because, you know, I think it was great to like work with someone and get their perspective and really say, well, this is what we're, this is what traditional decorating looks like and it's not just about everything being traditional but just like the small things that could be traditional and like those are the things that you appreciate and as someone who isn't doesn't consider myself traditional I think it was nice to see modern rooms and just have that that simple touch um and you know I loved that because it was a combination of who we both were and who we are and um and I think that's what you know and I like what I'm saying we see things say the same things all over and over and over and over again. And I think it's, it's personal and you, you know, can make a decision and try different things together and it's going to, you know, it'll work out. Also wallpaper borders. That's where it's cut. That's <laughs> the final frontier. I think. <laughs> I do feel like that's something that's like hip and happening now. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. Cause I, again, that's another one of those things we all saw mm -hmm. as part of our childhood and we either feel like disgusted by it because it was part of it or we're kind of like, right. actually I'm kind of into it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't the conversation know. My mom and I have a lot is my mom is like, because I was an adult when all this stuff was happening, I can't look at it. Whereas because you don't actually remember it, you can appreciate it. Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> Well, I love what you both said, and I just love the book because I have said on the show before that I don't love the millenni grand millennial trend, but it's because of what y'all were saying. It's the it's almost like the commercialization or the yeah. mm -hmm. like the, how so I feel like social media has sort of tweeified it, like made it. Yeah, I don't know, which but it does with everything. Which I mean, this book know. is not, I would say. <laughs> You know, yeah. like the there's artistry and and um, just the quality of the designers in here is, and the way they've executed the the, the mm -hmm. elements that you're talking about is um, you know on a whole other level and yeah. just beautiful to see and so I love seeing it all together too and Thank sort you. of yeah. yeah. 
but thank you both for sharing the book with us and um and sharing it with our listeners we appreciate it thank, thank you, you for, so having for having us. us this is so much fun <laughs> yeah can you tell everyone where they can find you follow you and obviously take home their own copy uh, so the book is sold at major retailers nationwide, um, including <laughs> Ballard Designs, I believe, mm-hmm. which I didn't even realize that you guys were carrying it until I saw it on the website. And I was like, oh, my God, we're at Ballard. That's so cool. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's like a place I shop. Um, but uh, you can follow, well, definitely follow all of our work with Frederick Magazine, which is our yes. our day job in addition to you know, making books <laughs> what keeps the lights on <laughs> but um yes i'd say we come out four times a year and we have a great instagram and um uh it's you know uh, frederickmagazine.com is our website and, it, and it's a good magazine as mm-hmm. well if any of you, you you know love your publications you will absolutely love this yeah so. all right well thank you all so much we appreciate well, thank it you. thank you thank you so much bye guys and that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.